0: Hi, this is Chad. I'm so glad to be part of your journey towards product mastery so that you can develop products your customers love. I am at my favorite conference for product managers. This is called the PDMA Inspire Innovation Conference. and had the opportunity to interview some of the great speakers here. And this discussion is Tony Belavoski, whose session is titled Voice of Customer and Product Design. And Tony will be sharing with us how you can turn customer perceptions, that is their feelings among other things, into numerical objective data that can be injected into the product design and used as a business case for innovation. Tony is CEO and Managing Principal at C3 Excellence that empowers clients to develop transformational strategic alignment with their customers. Also, this episode is made possible by PDMA, the Product Development and Management Association. That's the conference that we are at. PDMA is a global community of professional members whose skills, expertise, experience power the most recognized and respected innovative companies in the world. PDMA is also the longest running professional association for product managers, leaders, and innovators, having started in 1976 and contributing research and knowledge to our discipline for nearly 50 years. I've enjoyed being a member of PDMA for almost two decades now and really find the knowledge that they provide me and the networking opportunities, just the opportunity to meet wonderful people, including Tony today, to be so valuable as being part of the association. If you want to check into the association yourself, go to pdma.org. And as a reminder listeners, we do make a written summary of everything we discuss. We also prepare a one page discussion guide. We call it the action guide. I was just talking to another conference attendee who uses, the this action guide with her group of product people from time to time, because it is a discussion guide. It's meant to be used with others, and you can use it individually to help you think about the things to put into action right now. You'll find those resources at productmasterynow.com slash 469. Tony, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So we were just talking a little bit about this voice of the customer kind of topic. And you know that I asked for an innovation quote towards the end of interviews. Yes. And you said it, it might be helpful in this case to start with one. So I don't know where this is going, but I'm going to ask you, what is your innovation quote? And let's see how this ties in.
1: Okay. So the innovation quote that I want to use today actually is uh, a quote from the person who started the company that I'm a, uh, own right now that I'm the president of. Uh, The company started over 38 years ago Hmm. and it had a different name. And actually our customers renamed it for us. C3 stands for customer centered culture. Hmm. And the quote that Robin Lawton, who is the president emeritus of the company said is innovation comes from your most effective disruptors. Dissatisfied, pissed off customers with specific needs.
0: <laughs> the, the pissed off customers with specific needs.
1: Exactly. Like that. <laughs> this quote represents what I literally see every single day, both as a consumer, as an average citizen doing, going on every day's business, just living my life as well as a consultant. It's fantastic. Speaking with various (laughs) companies and understanding, trying to understand how they do business. And literally this quote tells you everything you need to know about the voice of the customer.
0: Okay, so let's make this a little more concrete and, yes. and, and talk about a definition of voice of the customer. And, and I often like to get all of us grounded on the same page and talk about concept service. but this is something that means lots of things to different people. So exactly. I, I wanna hear your perspective on it.
1: So before I give you the definition, I wanna give you an example, and then I will actually try okay. to define it. And again, my definition will be different from other people's definition, but there is no right or wrong. Taxi. here. Just to tie in the quote to the definition, let's talk about one of the biggest disruptions that happened in the last 10 years in taxi industry.
0: Ah, taxi. Let's talk
1: about Travis Kalanick, who was extremely dissatisfied, extremely pissed off, and we're not going to use any more <laughs>
0: This is a few words. Field, as colorful as it gets. Yes,
1: this is as colorful as it's going to get because he was in New York City for the meeting and he was trying to secure a taxi cab. Right. And when he called the company, they told him, No, we cannot do that for you. You have to go outside and hail a cab. So he went outside and hailed a cab. And once he did and he actually got a cab, he asked the driver, How much is it going to cost me? And the driver said, I don't know. Whatever that little thing is gonna tell us, that's what it's gonna cost you. Mm -hmm. When are we gonna get there? I don't know. It depends (laughs) on the traffic and the route I am going to take. Can you take the shortest route? No, because I don't know what the traffic is like. So that enabled him to think of a major disruption that is now called Uber, Mm -hmm. that the customer is able to order the ride which is a product, which is important, which right. we will talk about later on at the time that they need knowing exactly when they're going to get there and knowing exactly how much it's going to cost. them. Yep.
0: It's a very good example because anyone that has wanted to flag down a taxi before understands there's first, that little bit of anxiety, like, is there going to be a taxi around or not? And, I've waited before when many of them come by because they're full. They have someone in the
1: car. I mean, you see the, and, you, you see the sea of yellow, but that sea of yellow is not for you. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So it's a very relatable problem. And I, it, me and probably many other people coming to this conference use Uber because it's very predictable. Yes. Yes. And we know everything that's going
1: on with that, right? Yes. So let's go back to your question. Yes. What is the voice of the customer? The definition that I use for the voice of the customer is voice of the customer is the outcome that customers want to achieve when they use our products. When we provide a product as product developers, as product managers, we'll provide a certain product to mm-hmm. the customer. Are the outcomes that customers have in their mind when they purchase that product, have those outcomes been achieved? Okay. So, so and the, to what degree have they been achieved? Okay. Cause
0: I, as you started thinking about the, telling us about the outcomes customers want to achieve, in my mind, I was putting that in kind of a jobs to be done, you know, perspective, right? What is it the customer wants to achieve? And I think you're just implicitly tying it to our job as product people is to make the product that helps them achieve that.
1: Exactly. Okay. Very good. This is how I approach this subject. Mm-hmm. This is how my company approaches the subject. So it's not just a simple, we have this widget and we need to make this widget more Mm user-friendly. It's not about that. There are 115 ways of doing that, right? right? But how can we make it that the customer actually take this widget and Mm -hmm. actually achieve their desired outcomes?
0: Now that gets expensive for companies if they actually were to consider fifteen different ways and maybe pick one that doesn't resonate with customers and achieving the outcome. What are the what's the downside of this? If there are companies, I was just talking to some other people this morning at the conference here that basically the innovation direction of the company is in some way, we're throwing spaghetti against the wall, Mm -hmm. right? And if it sticks, it must be good. And that's what we're gonna do. And they're just trying things and seeing what will be successful in the marketplace. What's
1: the downside of not paying attention to the voice of the customer? There are many different things that can go wrong Mm -hmm. with the company itself, with the product launch, with the product itself. And that's why, that is a big issue for the innovators. This is probably one of the number one issue that I'm hearing here Mm -hmm. that people are talking about. And a lot of times innovators don't think of the strategic implication that their product may lead to down the line, because as customers, as consumers, we, a lot of times use our emotion, when we purchase mm-hmm. the product. But then in order for that product to be sustainable, we actually need to achieve some kind of an outcome. All right. And if that outcome is actually good, feels good, then we will keep coming back for that product. Right. And we'll tell our
0: friends. And,
1: and we will tell our friends, good and we will tell our neighbors, the these good things are happening here. <laughs> But if I bought this product, it was shiny. It was great. It was doing all these things under the sun and it's sitting on the shelf and I have no use for it, but it's incredible. Guess what? It ain't going anywhere. Yeah.
0: And we all own products like
1: that. And we all own products like that. Exactly. Because we saw the commercial that said that is the most wonderful product under the sun, but that product didn't go anywhere. Right. So that is actually what I am trying to explain or teach innovators Mm -hmm. that you need to look beyond the shininess. You need to look beyond the features, beyond the attributes of the product. You need to get into the minds, hearts, and feelings of the customers. You can get into performance and people will tell you easily, whether it's performing or not, or Mm -hmm. how the product is behaving. But how do you get into the mind of the customer? How do you get that feel good thing out of them and then try to convert it into the numerical data that will help you to design the product that they want. Right. That is where the art comes out. Okay.
0: And so we're extending, we often think of voice of the customer in some way, understanding what the customer wants. We're not talking. Sometimes people say you want voice of the customer because that means you're asking the customer what they want. We're not doing that. We're trying to understand what they really need. You're clearly extending that also into the, how the customer feels. Mm-hmm. This recognition that if we can make an emotional connection with our customers through our products, they do things like want to rename your company, the C3 excellence, because they're really experiencing something special here. Yes. I want to make this more practical for us, and maybe we'll get into that feeling aspect a little bit. Mm-hmm. But when you say there's 15 different things, that you're a well, little example, you have 15 different things. When we boil that down to the product that we're working on now, we have 15 or different more priorities, mm-hmm. right? Things that we could do, and we always have resource constraints. Okay. And there's only so many things we can do at one time. And sometimes this just becomes a throwing spaghetti against the wall. We're now throwing features against the wall. We're just saying, oh, sales asked for that. Engineering thinks this should be done. We're, we're just going to add these features to the product. Mm-hmm. Um, we really need a better way to prioritize than just re- just saying yes, because yes, gets us in trouble.
1: Can we talk about prioritization a little bit? Absolutely. And hearing what you just said, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm who decided who is going to prioritize that. That's a good question. Who is sometimes, the decision maker
0: here? Sometimes it's the person with the loudest voice or the most power
1: or the squeakiest wheel or the, the amount th- of the money. most recent customer they, they own. Yep. The way I look at it is customer is the one that needs to prioritize. Okay? And it's I wanted to talk about it a little bit later, but I can mention it right now because one of the things that you want to look at and some of the methods that we are using, we make customers prioritize their priorities. They may, uh, in the focus group, they may list 120 different things that they want in the attributes of the product or the features of the product. But then we have them turn around, look at the screen and actually pick top five in the order of priority. Right. And then we take the poll of every single person. Then you have the numerical data. What did customers actually told you out of 120 things? Mm -hmm. They priority number one is actually this one. Walk us through a little more details than that, right? I,
0: I don't believe the 120 is an exaggeration, right? You're no. just doing it exhaustive. What do yeah. you need this to? What is your objective? What's your job? What do you need to accomplish? Things that can't, things that are part of that. First, how are you determining that list?
1: Okay. So here's an example of something that a project that they recently did mm-hmm. that actually could be a good illustration. I'm not going to name the company. I'm not gonna name where it was done, but it was a higher ed institution, a very famous Mm -hmm. higher ed institution. And they wanted to create a heart of campus. What heart of campus? Heart of campus? Yes. What is the heart of campus? How do you define it? And how many square feet do you need for it? What is the square footage of a heart of campus? No idea here is the task. And again, I'm going against the grain here because there are so many things that happened before those actual focus groups and interviews, because we had to figure out who are actually the customers, students, faculty, staff, community, Mm -hmm. administration. Then we need to segment them who are we talking to because they they all have different priorities. They all have different roles with that area. So we need to segment them into certain groups that actually are homogeneous, more or less that have the same relationship or future use for that space.
0: Yeah. and we are segmenting so we can
1: yes. think in, a, in an actual
0: way we can execute on about exactly. who are we serving.
1: Yes. Yeah. And then once you did all of that, and once you have set it all up in terms of the timing and availability and a lot of logistical things going on in the background, you are asking very specific questions. We call them word formulas. Okay. And uh, during my lecture today, those word formulas will be actually given there in the handout that C- I posted. Can you give it
0: so, so it sounds like there's a few of these. Can you give yes. an example
1: of what it works for? Yes. So for example, a successful heart of, of campus is complete the phrase. Okay. And that gives you attributes. Okay. It's the feeling. Yeah. A complete, a successful heart of campus results in results in what? That's the answer. Those are the outcomes that you can get. Okay. A successful Heart of Campus has, those are the features. Okay, this is helpful. Various, various ways that you can slice and dice it, but you cannot change the formula. Works like mathematical formula. Then there is a certain way how you collect the answers. And then you easily have, depending on how many people you have in the room, and how many rounds you go because there is a choreographical method on how you do this. You can have up to 100 various answers just for one particular question. Mm-hmm. And you have people who are in the room because all of them are recorded and projected on the screen. You have them turn around and they have to pick what is the most important to them. Okay.
0: How do you find the picking process to be most productive? So you're doing this a group setting. I'm sure we they all group have group the work feeds. Yes, they do. Do you let them have? Are they
1: voting for yes. five, or are they they're voting for five? Okay. Individually, they don't know what everybody picks. Yeah. They are not. Right. But they're, they're recording they're picking it. their top five. They're picking their top five, top three, whatever, depending on the sample size, depending mm-hmm. on the statistical data. There is science behind it. Mm-hmm. So you still need to be, have a valid statistical sample. And, uh, th- like uh, what I pick is not necessarily what you have picked and I don't know what you have picked, right? right because then they turn it in and we don't know who picked what. It could be anonymous. It could be not anonymous. It's up to them Mm -hmm. or it's up to, again, depending on an institution, some people want to know who picked what, some people don't want to know who picked what, depending on the institutional culture. It's depending on, there are many things that can go wrong with putting the name to something like this. So a lot of times we keep it completely confidential and uh, the administration doesn't see the raw data. But then you end up with numerical data of what is most important to, to those people yeah. in
0: that segment yeah and for e- each segment okay and since listeners won't be at your session tomorrow going into the details of this i, I think the uh, word formulas are an important takeaway and you said one is a successful w- whatever the topic is you know, whatever the product the, is yep yeah, so a, a successful product for mm-hmm. what like is and you're asking the, your audience, your, yes, your customers. The phrase. Yep. Another one was a successful product has mm-hmm. something, And you gave us a third one. What was yes.
1: That? The successful product results in. Results in. Okay. Are there any other word formulas that you use that are part to this? It could be product specific. For example, if, if we're dealing with ease of use, and that is a lot of companies have this question, it has to be easy to use. What is easy to use? What does that mean? What does it mean? So we take can take
0: less time. We can less uh, clicks,
1: some it just open the Pandora box because when yeah. it takes less time, what is less time? What is timely, right? We have to define all. Of we have to define all of that, but it's not us as producers. It's customers that will say time. What is the timeliness to them? Mm-hmm. What is the ease of use to them? Because what is timely to me is not timely to you. Because if you look at the transformation that happened with our communications, we started with snail mail, three days. Then we started with faxes, Mm -hmm. almost immediate, but you have to be there to receive it. Then we have the email. Now we have the text messaging. So what is timely? Right. It changes for the situation. Yeah. So again, depending on the product, Sometimes we will ask, you don't, the successful, whatever product is, does not result in Mm -hmm. because you want to avoid certain things. Yeah, what is the successful product? What What is, is what we don't want to avoid. So again, depending on what we do, there is probably a list of those 10 or 15 formulas, but those three questions that I gave you are the most common. Mm -hmm. They will be prevailing word formulas in pretty much everything that we do. Okay.
0: So we could literally get a group of prospective customers together, people that have the problem, that want to have some new outcome, some objective that we're uh, developing product for together, have them answer these questions, mm-hmm. uh, put that total list of responses up on a board somewhere. And in some way, sounds like you do this individually, have a portion sure, or we're asking everyone to vote for their top whatever, top three, top five. Mm-hmm. And then we have a ranking based on the segment represented in the room Yes. of absolutely what are the top five, let's say, most important characteristics in response to
1: these questions, right? But then there is another wrinkle to that. Okay. Do tell. And the wrinkle is, who are we talking to? Because what top five that are important for students in my example are not the top five that are important for faculty, are not the top five that are important for staff are not top five that are important for administration because administration is the ultimate decision maker here Mm -hmm. because they are the ones that's spending the money. Then the question becomes, which one of those customers you do not want to satisfy? Because you can't possibly satisfy every single one of them. There's a lot of stakeholders always. Yeah, so what is the decision-making process behind it? I can't answer that. I can give you the numerical data that tells you how important in statistical sense and in percentages were certain things to certain categories of people. And then it's up to the business decision later to see what actually gets implemented. Maybe all of them will be implemented, but in stages, not necessarily at the first go-around. Maybe there will be a business decision because we can't blindly follow 100% the voice of the customer because we still have a business to run. We have business decisions, we have financial implications. So we have to take all of that into consideration. But at least it gives you the sense of direction. Maybe we're not gonna satisfy 100% of this particular requirement, but with time we will. Mm -hmm. It's just not at this particular moment. Right, okay. So if we're doing this for a group, Mm -hmm. let's say,
0: Uh, we i gotta give this name so let's say harvard is looking for the heartbeat of the campus right what does even that mean and what are we going to do practically there's going to be stakeholders that we except if we have unlimited resources there are going to be stakeholders that we can't actually ask so let's say we focus on uh students we have an alumni group that participates Mm -hmm. and we have the administrators we're going to leave out the maintenance the grounds maintenance people you know, arguably a pretty important stakeholder, but we're saying we can't just get to that. We're just going to expect that they'll figure out what, what to do with this when we're done. We're going to leave out the community at large because they're hardly ever on the campus. Mm-hmm. They might care, who knows? And probably some other stakeholders in there, right? So we're narrowing down what we think we focused on. And now we do this exercise with three separate groups or you do them all as one group and mm-hmm. you just keep track of where they're coming from. First mm-hmm. segment.
1: for The point behind it is you definitely do not want all of those people in the same room, because there is an intimidation factor. If dean of college is sitting in the room, is the secretary really gonna say what she thinks when the dean is looking at her? Yeah, there's some power imbalance. There There is some, so you have to be cognizant of that. If the students are in the same room with the teachers, are they really gonna, are the students really gonna say what they think? Mm -hmm. So those are the things that go into the segmentation and who actually is in the room. Then there is also sometimes you can't avoid by having like direct reports in the room, for example, the manager and the employee sitting in the same room. So then the sitting has to be arranged in a way that they are not in direct line of sight. So the manager can just do one of this and what are you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> Reviews coming up here. So it has to be done. Like there is a lot of things going into sure. actual sitting chart. Mm-hmm. and the way people are sitting and the way the room is set up. Right. But also, there are some ground rules that the administration has to sign off on saying that no, as a result of this, nobody will be reprimanded because we ask them honest questions. They give us honest answer. They cannot be reprimanded for this. Mm-hmm. And that's why if there is even a hint that it could happen, all of these are confidential. Right. They will be shared with the administration in aggregate. Not an individual level. I will have the individual level, but the administration won't. Okay.
0: So a- after all this, we end up with an absolute ranking of the highest felt needs. Yes. For each of those segments. Yes. And then you statistically have the information to have s- to be able to weight these a little in some sense, mm-hmm. right? To say correct. These segments are most important. These segments are less important. Mm-hmm. And what would we do? Okay. This is very interesting. And we'll get into more detail in the session, but that doesn't help uh, people listening at the moment. Is there a place to go to find resources to Absolutely. find out more information
1: on this? Yes. How, how do we do that? So first of all, there are a lot of resources on our website, c3excellence.com, okay. because a lot of it is, a lot of handouts that I'm giving today, they are published on our website. Okay. There are articles on our website that actually have all of those tools. With explanations on how to use them Fantastic. because it's not the tools that are important, it's the thought behind it mm-hmm. so all of that is available uh it's free it's not a behind the paywall, it's all there for free awesome. and you can actually go look at them and access all of them
0: okay good And there's a- I haven't looked into this in, in details yet. I'm certainly going to find out more, but what I find very intriguing, often a question that comes our way is, I have this customer interview to do, how do I structure the questions for that? What am I really trying to find out? And this sounds like a, a pretty easy way to get our hands around a framework to say, these questions are gonna provide meaningful insights for you. Ask these questions to too.
1: A, a segment. correct. Yeah. But what you really need to think before you even attempt to write the Mm question is what are the outcomes you're trying to achieve? What is it that you are actually trying to understand from your customers? Because if you are just throwing questions, it's literally the same as inventors throwing spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks because you can just waste you an hour of your time and the customer's time, and you're not going to get anything. So what are the real outcomes I'm trying to get out of this session? One of the things that we do a lot is measurement and that gets into the measurement systems. How do you measure the immeasurable with and without surveys? Because a lot of these interview questions are like writing the survey questions. But the survey questions, the biggest issue is that they could be a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you want to hear good things, you will write a question in a way that there will be no other answer than a good thing. That does happen. So... And sometimes we don't mean for it to. No, right? it, no. But it's easy to leading But you don't think about it in that way. So that's why if you start with the purpose, what is the outcome I'm trying to achieve and work yourself backwards that's when the questions will actually be asked in the right way. And those word formulas Mm -hmm. have to be present within those questions.
0: I think people will be excited to go find some resources to dig into this more too. And as listeners are accustomed to hearing innovation quotes at the end, can you share that quote one more time, just so that we have it here, because I want to hear it again. And people are probably waiting to hear the innovation quote.
1: Yes. The innovation come from your most effective disruptors. Dissatisfied, pissed off customers with specific needs. Specific needs. Very good, okay. Can I actually tell you an example about this that is relatable? Every single person who listens to this will relate to this example. Okay, And I don't think we ever think about it, but unfortunately, because of my line of work, I do. And people will be laughing at me but then they will realize how serious this is. Hotels. Take this hotel. We're, a hotel. We're in a hotel right now. Yep. Every single one of us travels for the business meeting the next morning. Mm-hmm. Right? So when you check into the hotel with the purpose of having a business meeting the next morning, what is the most desired outcome that you have? for that overnight stay in the hotel? That I get a good night's sleep. Bingo. Yep. Good night's sleep. Let me ask you another question. You are checking into the hotel and you're on your honeymoon. What is the most desired outcome that you have for that overnight stay in the hotel? That I'm not bothered, that we have peace and quiet. Is the good night's sleep on that list? of It is lists? not. It is not. Let's look at the survey the next day that you receive after you checked out of the hotel. Mm-hmm. What is on that survey?
0: I suppose a question about that I get a good night's sleep.
1: Not <laughs> even a hint of that question. They will ask you about your room. They will ask you about experience at the check-in. They will ask you about the food. They will ask you about the, how courtesy the staff was. But as a business traveler, your actual, desired outcome was i want good night sleep but you will never see that question because they're asking questions of all their customer segments and not just so they don't care about business customers what you're saying they should yeah because most likely in certain types of hotels businesses business customers are the number one customers that are paying their bills especially in the higher tier hotels
0: yeah. So I, I was listening recently to, to analysis of a hotel chain, that uh, a big name Hilton, mm-hmm. that doesn't matter, right? To create a new brand focused on the nomad, the mobile digital worker, mm-hmm. right? and what was important to them. And it was interesting to me to hear them talk about this in terms of oh, it was really exciting to find out what was important to them. What, like the mattress actually matters to them and the water pressure and the shower is really important. They seem like basic things that Mm -hmm. business travelers Mm -hmm. care about that the hotel should care about. Yes. So why don't they ask the right questions on the survey?
1: There is a thing that we called vital lies. Vital lies is something where we as producers tell ourselves, oh, we can't help it, we can't fix it, we We can't can't change it. So let's not change that. So, if we can't change it, we just gave ourselves a pass that we don't have to deal with this. This is not our problem. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing as you go in the supermarket and somebody walks by, the worker walks by, oh, do you know where the breakfast syrup is? Oh, no, it's not my department. This is exactly the same thing. But. That is what I'm talking about. How easy would it be for the hotel when you make a reservation to ask, is this reservation for business or pleasure? Mm-hmm. And if you say business, how difficult would it be for the hotel to designate a floor, a wing, whatever, just for the business people? Right. And even the same floor, but to the right of the elevator, to the left of the elevator, whatever.
0: Because that now gives you a way to manage the costs, the expenses that are... More important elements for this kind exactly. of thing versus that
1: kind of thing. Because then they say we can't really affect the sleep. Oh, really? Can you affect the sound of the room? Yes, you can. What about the light in the room? Oh, yes, you can. Smell in the room, cleanliness of the room.
0: I know. I'm, I'm laughing because I stayed in this. I, I, I tried this hotel recently for the mobile digital worker, and the and actually they got many things right. I, I was very pleased. The thermostat that they put in the room, it. Beeped three times every time before it changed modes, like Before it told the air conditioner to turn on. It Was it super loud when you're trying to sleep? Mm-hmm. Do do do, and this happens about every three minutes because the air conditioner is turning on and off. Do do do. I don't know if that was an anomaly or not, but that did show up in my feedback to the survey. Mm-hmm. And the reason I did the feedback was because I had yes feedback, <laughs>
1: right? Exactly. And that is another thing about the voice of the customer. What we care most, the negative things we try to avoid, but avoiding negative thing doesn't mean that we have achieved what customer really wanted. Right. We just put a bandaid on the problem without achieving the customer's outcome. Okay.
0: Good information, Tony. Appreciate all the insights and the resources on c3excellence.com. Correct. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. And listeners, once again, if you want to find the written summary of everything we discussed and the one-page action guide, find those resources at productmasterynow.com slash 469. As always, keep innovating.